Time for our Global Talkers. We're bringing Mike Stubbs of our Global News Radio in London. And our boss man over here, Jason Chapman, who keeps everything in order. Hey, guys. Hello, Alex. Loose term for me, but thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Executive producer of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Uh, Okay, guys, let's start with uh, Andrea Horvath. Uh, She's had three kicks at the can. Uh, the party excited about going uh, to official, uh, no, official uh, opposition, of course. Um, I think the party's going to have to decide, you know, can they and should they stay with her as leader or has she taken the party as far as it can go? There are some rumors floating around that she could run for mayor in Hamilton, which is happening later uh, in the year. But uh, I'll start with you on this, Jason. Um, you know, this is the third time they'll have a leadership review. Should she stay or should she go? She could go. I think she has done a phenomenal job with that party, and I think it's incredible she's taken to uh, official opposition status. I would have loved to have seen her be premier. That being said, she's obviously not going to take this party to premiership. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jack Layton wasn't able to take his party to uh, govern this country, and I would absolutely argue he was a more dynamic NDP leader. He was more, quote-unquote, lovable. And I don't know why Andrea Horvath isn't lovable. I actually personally quite love the way that she leads that party. I, I quite enjoyed the way that she governed herself during the uh, campaign. But for whatever reason, Ontarians still just don't connect with her. And I cannot pinpoint why that is. I think it's her candidates. I think they can connect with her. I think the candidates, Mike, would have been the uh, the problem. Is that, you know, when it came to the problems with the candidates, she maybe couldn't take the leadership on uh, dealing with them. Well, she had some tricky situations throughout this campaign, which I thought she ran really well. I mean, I'm with Jason. She is a fantastic person. I think she's done a great job in this. But I'm also with Jason. Hey, if you can grab mayor of Hamilton, definitely run for that because this was hers to win. Mm -hmm. Or this was hers to at least hold the conservatives to a minority. And the NDP didn't. And I think that's one of the biggest head scratchers today. Yeah, they they had a lot of support. You know, they had the public sector unions out campaigning. That's a huge, huge swath of the vote. And it didn't help. And uh, I was I was surprised. I actually thought they would have higher numbers uh, for, for opposition. Interestingly, though, you know, the, the liberals, of course, did not get official party status. And Doug Ford was asked about this today. And he, he didn't say either way. He said he would look into it. But it was Andrea Horvath, the nice one. This is what she said. Take a listen. Um, I, that's what the people have decided, is that uh, the Liberals um, have seven seats, and it'll be up to Mr. Ford if he's going to decide to change that. Yeah, she pretty much, though, uh, if you listen to the longer version of that clip, she pretty much said, yep, too bad, so sad, out you go. <laughs> so i got to say, I mean, that's, that's the wrong answer from uh, Ms. Horvath. And I, I have to go back to popular vote. Our, our first-past-the-post system stinks, if you ask me. And the bottom line is, is remind me, Alex, because I was looking for the exact number, but I know the polls going in showed about 19 to 20 percent support for the Liberals. So regardless of the seat count, 20 percent of the population still voted for this party. Am I right on that? Yeah, but uh, again, it doesn't come down to the popular vote. You've got to be able to get the seats. And I suppose rules are sometimes okay to bend. But how? But how? The question, I guess, becomes: How often do we change the seat count to accommodate? I guess that's the question. We've already added more seats um, to the province, so are we just going to keep moving it around uh, for every party? Because then the Green Party will come along and say, "Well, never mind. If if we're going to move it, why don't you move it down uh, to the two seat level, the one seat level?" Yeah, I don't, I don't want to interrupt Mike, but I mean, the, the, the Green Party got just under 5% of the popular vote. Give them official party status as well. They speak for a large contingent of the population. That's where I'm at.
Mike? Well, we had, what, 28 parties with candidates <laughs> running <laughs> like in there. Yeah. I think we've got to be careful how bendy we make the rules. As much as it does hurt the liberals right now in terms of funding, in terms of their ability in the legislature, I think this actually works out for the liberals in the long run, because I think this is a oh, I don't. that does need the next four years <laughs> oh, I don't. to remake itself. Yeah, no, no, and no. I think that's, that's what they have an opportunity to do. I think we're going to see big changes. Well, you're going to have to. But the problem is, Mike, is that without official party status, they don't get any vote subsidy. They don't get any resources. They have no research staff and they've got a massive debt that they're going to have to pay off. And so they're going to have to pick a new leader. They will. Hopefully they'll pick someone. And like you said, they will have to completely rebuild themselves, move themselves more to the center, I think, to what liberals used to be. Um, But the problem I think that they face is if, if the NDP are smart, they can build their bench strength over the next four years. They can take from the base of the liberals and say, come with us, we'll move more to the center and we will be your progressive party. And that becomes a real problem for rebuilding the liberals. And I suppose that's well, why I'm at it. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, no, I, I was just going to add that if you look at, at where things sit right now, you're exactly right, Alex, and that the money side of it is tough. Yeah. The research side of it is tough. But this is politics. There will be there'll be ways that, that you can get things done. Um, the thing that, uh, that I think helps them, though, is the fact that you do have a long time between now and the next provincial election, because I don't think we're going to see one called early. No, of course well, I'll never say never. What but... I want to see, Alex, like, yeah. what I want to see is I want to see the Liberals be smart. I want to see the Liberals name somebody like Sandra Pupatello, this outspoken woman from Windsor who's phenomenal and should have been the leader of yeah. the party right now. Yeah. Name the leader, and then I want to see her grill Doug Ford. And I don't want to see the Liberals not have official party status and, yeah. and, and not have them an opportunity to, to hold the government, the Ford government accountable. Time will tell. They've got a big job ahead of them. No question. Uh, Doug Ford says he will walk in pride. Um, now, he has walked in it before, so it, it is not true that he has not. It was his brother Rob that did not walk in it. But uh, he said today that he will walk in pride, but only if the Toronto police are included. And and I've got to say, I think that's the right approach. Michael, let you start with this one, because it's been a big issue in the city of, of you know being very divisive. Definitely. And I mean, it's one of those things that I, I think he's he's choosing his words carefully, and I think he's choosing them well. Yeah. I mean, Jason, I, I don't see how you lose on this one, because he's taking a principled stand that, you know, if we're talking about inclusion, and he should have, I wish he had given this answer during the election when he was asked, but I, I know strategically why he did not. But again, um, he's not wrong when he says, hey, I'm going to, I'm happy to go. Just make sure, sure that the police are in it. I got a big eye roll, because first of all, I know that he should he should have said this during the campaign. I mean, big eye roll, because in all honesty, he, of course he's not going to walk in pride then. The police are not going to be involved officially with pride in Toronto for many years to come. And with Yeah, but why? Okay, but that, that, that doesn't mean it's right. I'm sorry. Black Lives Matter, it does not speak for all Ontarians. They I don't just think don't. this is being driven by Black Lives Matter anymore. Well, this is being driven by the... LGBTQ community in Toronto who are saying, listen, police, you don't call a serial killer a serial well, killer. That, but that's a different issue. This started with Black Lives Matter. I mean, the whole thing started with Black Lives Matter. So that, that I, I understand what you're saying now. That becomes a, a separate issue. But um, yeah, interesting that you point that out. But, uh, but it did start with Black Lives Matter. And I think, you know, he's trying to talk to that of saying we can't have certain groups calling the, calling the shots in the bigger picture. 
Yeah, and I'm just, I guess my feeling is now is there is a legitimate reason yeah. not to have police there. And I think Doug is hiding behind that. Uh, you know, uh, speak your mind during the campaign and when you're premier. But, of course, that's too much to ask. To ask for uh, I bet you he'll walk. I bet you he will walk because he has walked in it before. So we'll we'll see. I got to leave it there, guys. Hope you have a beer and uh, putting up your feet. <laughs> is it wrong if I've already had one? No, have one for me, though. Please, a few. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. That is Jason Chapman, uh, executive producer here at 640 Toronto, and Mike Stubbs, who you can hear on our London station, AM 980 CFPL. And I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.